1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Fantasy Sports today—a different style on this Tuesday, as the college football season begins in ten days from now. We thought it'd be a good time to open up some college football analysis with our 2019 college football fantasy football draft on Fantrax. We get started with it. Tell you what's going on right now. I'd like to talk a little bit about sports.
1: Fantasy sports today. Well hit, Donald.
3: and line, way back and go. Touchdown for three. Puts it in. All
2: right, welcome in. It is our 2019 college football fantasy football show. As we have our live draft going on right now, and for the next two hours, you're going to hear a lot of college football discussion. we got the Gridiron Scholar John Lobb around for the ride for the next couple hours to go over our draft. We have a 12-team league going on right now, courtesy of Fantasy Sports Network and, of course, FanTracks, which is a great site to do your draft on. Make sure you sign up for a fantasy football draft. But our college football draft this year is very simple. It's a best ball draft. The way we have it set up, it's running back, two running backs, excuse me, a quarterback, two wide receivers and a flex, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. And best of all, with us being so clueless in fantasy football in terms of college, we thought it would be a good idea to have the expert join us for the show and we bring in the Gridiron Scholar, John Lobb. John, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on and being our analyst on the show today. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I just made back-to-back picks, so I'm excited now. And the draft's moving along. and It's actually going very well, Craig. And this sport is underappreciated as a fantasy hobby. It is fantastic, Blake, college fantasy football, everyone. I think everyone should at least give it a try. I know they're intimidated by 130 teams, but it makes your Saturday so much more interesting and makes you a better NFL fantasy player also.
2: And I think that that's the key, is that it will will help you learn, and it will help you educate you, and not just with the players, but – Maybe even from a wagering perspective, if those people decide to dive into that this year, it's a good idea to get to know which are the teams that have the highest scoring players that could help you with totals, which teams will be favored. And, of course, John can weigh in on all of that. But, again, just to kind of give you an idea of the format, we have a 12-team league going on right now. And if you go to my Twitter handle, at Craig Mish, or, uh, or John's uh, Twitter handle, John Lobb, at Gridiron Scholar, what, what is the end of year? Uh, 91, correct? At Gridiron Scholar, yeah, that-
4: That's correct, my friend.
2: Okay, so you can go there. You can click the link and follow along. And basically the way that this works is that because we're all kind of new to this, we decided the best format would be to just do a best ball format, which is set it and forget it. You draft your team, and at the end of the season, someone will end up winning the championship. Also, to give you an idea as to who's participating in our league today, we actually have some pretty cool people. Howard Bender of Fantasy Alarm is with us, and he is uh, drafting and having a good time. Uh, Jeremy Taché, who is a producer over at the Channel 7, uh, the Fox affiliate in Miami, and also... My co host and producer on my podcast is with us doing the draft. Mitch Moss, who hosts Follow the Money on VSIN, is with us today. He is drafting his team. Uh, and of course, uh, former Big League catcher and now broadcaster with Fox JP Aaron Sebia, who's a big college football fan is with us as well. Um, Our producer, Sean Guastamacchia, he's super into the draft right now, and he can't even talk to us, but we'll get to him in a second. (laughs) He is uh, involved as well. So, John, uh, you know, a nice group of people that we got today from all walks of life. I didn't want to necessarily reach out to, like, all of the fantasy experts, so to speak. I wanted to get some groupthink from people who never do this before, and I think that we've achieved that.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm so happy that you asked me about this a couple weeks ago, and it's Good to bring in people like listeners and fans and people who just want to try this platform, but they might be intimidated by the management of a season-long team. The best ball is the best format, no pun intended, to learn the college landscape. And, you know, Craig, you made the best um, analysis when you said if you do want to bet on college football, this is a perfect way to know all the teams because I'm sure that you know, as I do, People tend to only focus on maybe the top 20 teams in college football, but you can basically lay wagers on every game every Saturday, and there's a lot of value in those wagers in the, pow- in the group of five conferences or lesser-known Power Five teams.
2: Now, John, uh, how many rounds is this today? Just out of curiosity, because that's the one question that I did have. How how, how many rounds is this draft? Because let, let's kind of set it up for listeners if they want to jump on fan tracks and do a college football draft this season. How many rounds did we set it up for?
4: There are 22 rounds. And if you haven't played best ball before, there are no waiver wires and no starting lineup decisions. So you do need to be able to draft deep, rosters because there are going to be injuries and if you lose a player for a year you're not going to be able to replace them so you need to think heavily like i would suggest in a college football draft to draft three quarterbacks because there's always a chance that you could lose one for the season and then you have bye weeks in college football just like you do in the nfl so you're going to lose running backs you're going to lose wide receivers on bye weeks like if you haven't noticed if you're week nine looks like a death zone for college fantasy football. For some reason, they're just, you know, I think there's like 40 teams that are off this week. So this, you got to be able to have a deep enough roster so that you have players who can score points for you throughout the season.
2: Well, John, uh, as we kind of roll on here, let's uh, talk about the best way to uh, do a draft. And, of course, we want to thank our friends over at Fantrax for that. So, if you wouldn't mind, tell people how they can get uh, signed up with the team on Fantrax and a draft on Fantrax this college football season.
4: Sure. Fantrax is great, everyone. If you go to Fantrax.com and then you go to Fantrax um, headquarters or look for Fantrax games. And when you see it, you're going to see a button for college fantasy football You can join a public league or you can create a league and you can do a season-long or you can do a best ball like we're doing on the radio here. It's just a wonderful opportunity. I love their site. They're great, and I love their college football platform because they're the only ones who give you all 130 teams. Some other platforms only give you the Power 5, maybe plus Notre Dame, but Fantrax gives you the options of all 130 teams across the nation.
2: All right, we'll take a quick time out. Our draft is well underway. When we come back, we'll break down the first round of the 2019 college football fantasy draft here on FNTSY Radio with John Lobb. Craig Mish with you as well. We'll bring in our participants very shortly. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
5: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details.
5: the
1: morning line the new york yankees and the baltimore orioles i can't really watch these games anymore it's like watching mlb the show it's watching a video game and i know it's the year of the home run ball but for some reason when these two teams get together it's laughable you almost don't even recognize the game because it really looks like a true real to life in-game home run derby weekdays 6 to 7 a.m eastern on the fntsy sports network and on your popular podcast providers Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
4: Now what goes up must come down. Three
1: up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an
5: inning.
2: All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. It is our live draft here, our college football draft in 2019. We've got... Our participants, our 12-team league going here, we have John Lobb in the house. And, you know, normally what we do is we do three up, three down in this segment, John. So uh, let's just do up, and let me ask you this question. In the first round of a college football draft, who are three players that must go in the first round no matter what? They could be players that went in our draft or maybe some that didn't. But give me three players in college football that must be taken in the first round of a 12-team league.
4: Absolutely. The number one is Darius King, the quarterback of the Houston Cougars. Just a phenomenal player, college fantasy football-wise. He can easily score 40 points for you any week, a dual-threat player. The one that doesn't always go in the first round but should go in the first round is wide receiver, Laviska Chennault of Colorado. I've actually seen him drop into the second round, but he is such a If you're getting him outside of the top 12, you're getting a great value on him. And then the number one running back who everyone's got to take, I think he's a top two, but I've seen him slide all the way to the top, you know, like number six. It's Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, and and I think that he has the potential to lead the nation in rushing. The thing that I would follow up with Taylor, uh, John, is that what's amazing is Wisconsin has been able to cultivate these running backs year after year, and one after the other ends up you know, breaking their own record, including Melvin Gordon. But the bottom line is, is that not a lot of them are like Gordon. They don't make it in the NFL. It just seems to be more of a system thing, but that helps us a lot in college. Oh, absolutely. I mean,
4: I'm kind of an offensive line geek. I love watching college offensive lines, and that's why I like the triple option offense. But there is Wisconsin's blocking scheme and the Georgia Bulldogs are a thing of beauty. And basically, Wisconsin just coaches those young men up front so well, and their runners just explode through their holes. And if you watch the Badgers like you and I do, sometimes you just see gaping, gaping holes in that defense in which their running backs propel through. Now, you just made an interesting point. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a very fascinating draft prospect. I'm kind of high on him. I think he might even be better than Melvin Gordon, but we have a long way to go. But he's definitely in the top two conversation of those great Badger backs coming into the NFL. All
2: right, so King was the first pick overall. Howard Bender had the first pick. He took him. Uh, You took Taylor second. Mitch Moss took Travis Etienne, the running back on Clemson. The following picks after that, Tua Tagalova, everyone knows his name, a quarterback from Alabama. Uh, We have uh, Patrick Taylor, running back from Memphis. Uh, DeAndre Swift from Georgia, I think he's going to have a monster year there. Uh, Ron Moore from Purdue. Jerry Judy from Alabama. I took Justin Fields. Eno Benjamin, running back, Arizona State. Tyler Wallace from Oklahoma State, the wide receiver and Laviska Chanel, who you just talked about, from uh, from Colorado there. So let me ask you about Fields, John. I ended up taking him in the first round. Ohio State has had probably some of the most dynamic offensive players in the Big Ten over the last 10 years. He ends up leaving Georgia to, to uh, play quarterback at Ohio State. What kind of numbers do you think I'm looking at at the end of the year?
4: You know, if Urban Meyer stayed at Ohio State, I probably would have had Justin Fields in my top – three or four quarterbacks. I have him right now. I believe I have a number eight because of the turnover of the coaching staff. Now, obviously, the Buckeyes are loaded, loaded offensively, so I still think he's going to be very good. I think you're probably looking at a quarterback in that system, in that conference, he's going to total between 32 and 36 total touchdowns. I don't think he's as accurate as Dwayne Haskins was last year, but we did see growth from Haskins for the Buckeyes. So Justin Fields might be a better passer. I'm not sure if he'd be good, as good of an overall athlete as Haskins, but I think you have a very solid player right there who should average every week 25 to 32 points a week for you.
2: All right. So, uh, second round, we have uh, Joshua Kelly from UCLA, A.J. Dillon from Boston College, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. I took Jalen Rieger. We'll go back to him in a second. You made the comment that you thought Adrian Martinez was a really good pick, uh, quarterback from Nebraska. So let's talk about him for a minute, John, and tell me what Adrian Martinez brings to uh, the season. A lot of people are very high on Nebraska. In fact, they're one of uh, you know the top ten teams to win the entire thing in college football, which is a huge surprise considering they started off the season, I believe, 0-5 or 0-6, and then rolled off a bunch of wins at the end of the season. But Scott Frost has shown... That he can uh, get that spread option going like he did in UCF. That could make Martinez dangerous this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in Scott
4: Frost and that offensive system that he's going to put together at Nebraska. Now, AJ Martinez, he's kind of my long shot Heisman candidate. If you want to put a little wager, I like the return there. Obviously, Tua and um, our, our, our Jalen Hurts and um, Trevor Lawrence are the favorites but I like Adrian Martinez coming as a long shot because he was coming out of California as one of the top dual threat quarterbacks. We saw what the Knights did a couple years ago. Remember, Frost inherited a team that had lost every game, and then within two years, Milton McKenzie and that offense is one of the best in the country. Adrian Martinez, look at the Nebraska schedule. It is weak, and I'm being kind about that. Everything lines up in their favor, Adrian Martinez could easily produce between 40 and 45 total touchdowns for the Cornhuskers this year. I love them there.
2: All right. So uh, after Adrian Martinez goes in the second round, and I know, John, you're on the clock. Uh, I can hear that yeah. in the background. So the, so, <laughs> go, so go ahead and make your pick, and I'll roll off the, uh, the, the second round here. Uh, after Martinez, Sam Erlinger from Texas, Justin Ross at Clemson, uh, Rico Bussey, North Texas wide receiver. I don't know a lot about him. James Prochace, uh SMU wide receiver. Marquez Stevenson from Houston. Two Houston wide receivers, by the way, go in the first seven rounds. Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma. Zach Moss, Utah there. Okay, so, uh, John, let's get into Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma this year. What do you think that he's able to do with Lincoln Riley's offense? you think that he becomes a dynamic quarterback? He was not really one at Alabama, but he'll have that opportunity. Yeah, I'm not targeting
4: Hurts. I have him in the top seven of the quarterbacks because he was a little inaccurate at Alabama. And what has been amazing for the Sooners is both Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray completed over 70% of their passes for Oklahoma the past two seasons. Now, I expect him to be better than he was at Oklahoma because of growth because of coaching and because of the system. But I can't imagine Oklahoma winning three straight Heismans at the quarterback position. Look, it is possible. But what happened is when I saw him fall to me that late in the second round, I'm going to scoop up that value at any time. Now, in this draft, it's interesting in best ball because I usually play two quarterbacks in college fantasy football. The quarterbacks fell a little bit. So I think I got Hurts at a value because we only need one starter each every week. So Mm -hmm. normally if you play in a two-quarterback league, you'll see like 12 quarterbacks go off the board in the first 24. But this this draft value fell at the quarterback position. So I was happy to take Hurts there.
2: All right, and uh, in closing out the, the second round, Zach Moss goes to Howard Bender. He takes him. And, and, look, I could make the case here there's a chance Moss is the number one running back in all of college football this year. I mean, Utah right now, John, they're one of the, the favorites not just to win their conference but to win it all. So uh, I think they're being overlooked, and Moss is one guy that came back for them this year. So uh, 30 seconds before we go to the break, give me your, uh, your best estimation on Zach Moss with Utah.
4: I love them this year, and you're right. They have the defense, the schedule, and I saw they were voted as the most favorite to win the Pac-12 by the media. Lots of people like them. I just moved them up in my top five um, running back prospects this year. If he comes back from his injury, he's going to be a stud.
2: All right, that is the voice of John Lobb here with us on our 2019 College Football Fantasy Football Draft. Coming up next, we'll hear from one of our participants that's involved, and we'll go over who they took in the first, second, and third round. And we'll be right back here with a lot more. And you can listen to this show not only live on the FNTSY app, but also, of course, on demand. iTunes, Stitchers we will get this show posted for you. And you can listen to the entire two hours if you're looking for a very solid college football fantasy preview. We believe this may be the first of its kind ever on live radio, actually. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll be back with more. we will go away.
7: Q. Repair, Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com. If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all? Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address for MoneyNow100.com. That's moneynowthenumber 100com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you. Our 2019 college football fantasy draft is well underway. We're about two thirds in, and having the uh, first pick overall in a college football draft is always a fun thing, like it is in any draft, and it also enables you, if you know nothing about college football, to kind of get a little bit of an insight and get a player that you've heard of. And so, look, we're all new to this game. We're not trying to pretend that we've ever done this before. I did it with John for the first time last year in the best ball format. And joining us to talk about his team and just kind of getting into the vibe of college football this year is Howard Bender, of course, of Fantasy Alarm. You can hear him every day over on XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Four to six Eastern, and he joins us now to talk about it with John and myself. Howard, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing real well, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for giving
8: me that first pick and that oh so tasty decision right from the start of
2: Do I take this no brainer first pick uh, with the rebuilt knee? <laughs> well, well, let, let's cut, let's kind of you know start off there, and and Howard, aside from players in general. I think that what you tried to do here, for the most part, and for what I'm looking at, is take players on good teams. I mean, you got Oklahoma, arguably their best or second-best receiver. You got basically Clemson's quarterback, Oregon's running back, Utah's running back, and then, of course, King is like the number one player overall in virtually every fantasy college draft. So I'm guessing that at the very least, when you look at teams that you recognize, it makes it easier to make the players and make those picks. It's definitely easier when
8: you, you know, when you know the conferences and you know which teams are the powerhouses and you know which teams are just going to sit there and just chuck the ball around the field uh, versus who's going to be the ones that are just going to ground and pound it. It does make it a little bit easier just to kind of dive into it. I mean, the the player pool is so deep and it's so vast here that, uh, you know, you kind of have to stick with. Who you know most and and that's just that's the big programs
2: yeah that that uh sound in the background uh we may want to tell John to turn that down a little bit there no, so sorry the, 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 the <laughs> in the background is kind of a dead giveaway okay so uh you took you took you t- you took t- d t- Eric King uh on houston and and to make you feel even better about this howard both of his receivers went in the first six rounds so obviously that looks like a pretty good pick uh and then you take zach moss from utah with your second pick overall when you and i do these live streams we certainly look at players on good teams and running backs on good teams and i'm i could make the case that moss could end up being the number one running back in all of college football so i'm guessing that uh you you, you at least could watch your first two guys on tv if you choose well that was also that was a thing. You know, you and I do the uh
8: the the wager alarm live streams and we talk a lot of college and, and we go through it on a regular basis here as far as, you know, I we, we talk about the teams, we you know, we did all our uh our, our wins totals and our over unders and we did some Heisman trophy previews for some futures. And with all of that then, you know, you just you kinda of take from those names uh, you know, really where you want to go. Zach Moss out of Utah um, probably wouldn't have been huge on my radar had it not been for, you know, our conversation and us diving into, you know, the betting aspect of college ball this year. So, you know, for that, I'm grateful. And it's, I do think it makes me a little bit better of a of a drafter in that
2: sense. And, and John, he ends up taking three running backs. And, and John, you could speak more to – uh, you know, the, the kind of strategy that there is here in this flex where clearly his wide receivers are lacking a little bit, but he ends up getting Moss. He takes Jawan Washington from San Diego State. If you know anything about San Diego State, whether it's Rashad Penny or anyone else, all they do is run the ball there. That They just ground and pound, and then Johnny takes C.J. Verdell. Oregon brings back all five of their starters on the offensive line. No one's going to have a more stacked running back group than Howard out of this draft. I agree
4: with that strategy. If you look, I did the same thing. I took three running backs amongst my first four picks also. I just had the second-round quarterback instead. And in this league, when there is going to be attrition at the running back position, and I believe that there is value at the wide receiver position, especially in the group of five conferences. So I feel very comfortable in my college fantasy football draft going heavy with the big running back. Trying to Like Howard got three of my top 15 runners, and to me that's a solid foundation, and I'm kind of doing the same thing, pounding the wide receiver position later, because you really do need to get every week at least 45 points out of your two starting running backs. So in a best ball format, you need those studs at that position.
2: Howard, uh, you took Trevor Lawrence in the sixth round. So in terms of quarterback, uh, if anything would happen to King, you have Lawrence there. And I know that, Howard, you saw Lawrence play last year in the national championship. We went into that thing, and the world was taking Alabama and taking at Tagalova. Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence came out of that. A lot of people feel like he'll be the number one overall pick in the draft in a couple of years. It's amazing how young this kid is and how good he looked in that game against the best team in the country last year.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, there, there's a lot that went into him, you know, in his performance last year. And, you know, there's also a lot to be said for a guy who comes off the bench who, you know, teams weren't originally game planning for. I think they're going to have a, a much better look at, at him. But what I love about, you know, picking players off of Clemson is that they're just they're returning so many players from from last year's team. So many players. And when you have that kind of continuity – from year to year and a young quarterback who is really kind of coming into his own. I think that that's definitely the, uh, the way to go uh, as far as, you know, obviously it's a, he's, he's my second quarterback here. So, you know, obviously I've got high expectations for him, but I'm not completely reliant on him. And just to, to follow up that point, that, that, John was making as far as the running backs go. That's also the great thing about best ball, is that you only, you only, know, it's, it's easier for you to hit on late-round wide receivers than it is for you to hit on late-round running backs. I think that's a strategy that I think a lot of people fail to, to key in on early on in best ball drafts.
2: Alright, uh, before we let Howard go, John, take a look at his last four or five picks. These are players that, honestly, none of us have really heard a lot about uh, we could start with Lee Morris on Oklahoma, Andrew Van Buren, running back for Boise, Kendrick Rogers, Texas A&M, Randall St. Felix on South Florida. And I know he is because he plays in the state of Florida. Reggie Robertson, SMU. Uh, honestly, this is kind of above our range here, Johnny. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about any 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 steals he may have gotten here.
4: One of my favorite players in this draft or in this season that I'm heavily invested in is Randall St. Felix of South Florida. He's a big-bodied receiver. He wears number 84 because he's a big fan of Randy Moss. And what? When I love these big, strong receivers in the group of five conferences, the Bulls play in the American Athletic Conference, and there just isn't the defensive backs who can body up with a physical wide receiver. And he's the perfect best ball guy because one week he might go four for 120 with two touchdowns, and unfortunately the next week. If they're dominated someone running the football, he might go three for 30. So I love Randall St. Felix, and I like Reggie Roberson of SMU a lot. The Mustangs have Sony Dykes, who's a passing um, game coach. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and they brought in Stephen Buchel, the or Shane Bouchelle, the former quarterback at Texas, who could not beat out Sam Ellinger? And usually, when you get these high, highly ranked quarterbacks who transfer from a Power Five team to a Group of Five teams, they usually do really well. So I like Robertson at SMU a lot.
2: All right, Howard. Thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Best of luck the rest of the way in the draft. And uh, thanks again for being part of this today. You know, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll we'll talk tonight on our uh, on our live stream.
8: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to returning to the show as the champion of this league.
2: There you go. <laughs> Howard, Howard Bender with us here on uh, on Fantasy Sports Today. And as we continue in the draft, we are approaching the 12th round out of 22 rounds. And And I think that there's a point to be made at this point, John, where, look, I mean, you follow this day in and day out. But it gets really tough around this time because we honestly – are drafting players, not just even from the Power Five conferences, but from really small schools as well. Absolutely. I mean, you can really find value right now
4: at the group of five conferences and maybe even some of the independent programs. So if you've done your research and your background, there is lots of value on the board. That's one of the things I like about college fantasy football is unlike the NFL with only 32 teams, there are so many more teams. So if you do your homework you can have an advantage over people who haven't researched those smaller schools for talent.
2: All right. Well, here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. And when we come back, we'll be joined by another one of our participants here on the show and in the draft. And we'll kind of go through that as well. By the way, if you're looking for a live link to our draft, all you have to do is go to my Twitter handle, at Craig Mish or at FNTSY Radio. We're doing the draft live on Tracks. We want to thank them for, for allowing us to be able to do this draft today. And then get an idea for some of the top college football players in the country, and even more so, if you've heard of a lot of the top players in the first four or five rounds, we're digging deep into the vault here and trying to find some sleepers and some players playing on some of the small schools as well. Throughout the draft, John will be with us here at Gridiron Scholar 91. After the draft is over, you can hear us on demand on the FNCSY app as well as iTunes and Stitcher and then uh, we'll get a final draft analysis toward the end of the show. John will make his predict- predictions as to who he thinks ended up having the best draft and then of course somebody was kind of auto picked for the majority of this one. So there will be a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of uh, noise on potentially somebody finishing last of course who auto picks. Now I will say this John before we go to the break. If the guy who gets auto picked ends up winning the league, we're in big trouble. I will say that right <laughs> I've never now. Played. <laughs> we're We're in big trouble. We may never do this ever again. So let's do this. We'll take We'll take a quick time out. We'll uh, bring in someone else to talk about their team next. You're listening to fantasy sports today. Here on FNTSY Radio. Let us know what you think about the draft by hitting me up on Twitter at Craig Mish. Who you think has the best team, who you think has the worst team. And maybe even if there's a player that's still available for you on the board, let us know who should be coming off over the next round or two. We'll be right back with more here on FNTSY. Don't go away.
7: To get your complimentary bottle, text youth to 321321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321321.
1: we full-time fantasy.
2: I have yet to take Leonard Fournette in a draft. I'm still kind of leery, but his ADP is fair. It's 31 right now. So you're talking mid to late third round. So you could be in that range of a draft where you start two wide receivers, maybe come back and get Fournette. So I probably will have him on
1: one team this year. But again, still kind of scares me. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish back with you along with John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. We're in the 16th round of our 2019 uh, first annual college football fantasy draft. And every single day over on v as you're getting in your car on the East Coast or even in the West Coast, you can hear my favorite show on radio, Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard and, of course, Breaking uh, breaking ground in a lot of other markets across the country, too, terrestrial and satellite radio. But, of course, you can hear Mitch every day on Follow the Money, which is where I listen to it, over on v Mitch, thank you so much for being part of our draft today, and thanks for coming on for a few minutes.
0: Thanks for having me on and uh, being a part of this. Uh, it's been fun so far.
2: All right. Well, I mean, look, Mitch, this is a very difficult thing to do. We're n- We're not sitting here and calling ourselves experts, but what we're trying to do is give people an idea – as to maybe some of the top teams in college football, the top scoring teams in college football, and kind of parsing our way through who some of the experts like maybe in that realm and how it translates over to fantasy. So uh, I will ask you, because you took a Clemson player with the first pick overall and Travis Etienne, the running back there, do you think Clemson is the best team in college football in the country? Is it just simply... Uh, that simple and was that the reason why you took him first overall because you could have taken anybody on the board basically because only two picks were off the board when you when you selected.
0: sure I was hoping that uh, Jonathan Taylor would be there from Wisconsin just because it's a Wisconsin running back behind that big offensive line I know they lost some guys from last year he's going to put up huge yards and a lot of touchdowns but he wasn't so you know that was a lot of my thinking is Clemson I would say they're a little bit behind I think Alabama slightly I have them as the best team in college football, but I mean, it's like splitting hair. So I think Clemson, and if you go back and look at last year, this kid scored a zillion touchdowns, and the ACC is so bad, and they were scoring 60 points on, on like every ACC team that they played, and I would anticipate the same thing to happen again this year. So it's going to be blowout after blowout after blowout, and that means that he's probably going to leave the game in the third quarter, but I don't care. He's going to have 180 yards and three touchdowns anyway at that point.
2: Yeah, it'll be a big year. I mean, Clemson, I think that of all the conference odds, if I'm not mistaken, Mitch, they are the prohibitive favorites by far of any other conference in college football. So... Um, oh. that yeah I mean it's not even close like I mean Alabama, they're all there's a lot of favorites there's a few minus 140s but I think Clemson's like yeah. minus 400 or something like that to, they're
0: they're huge they're like I think they're a five dollar favorite. or is five dollar like favorite to yeah. make the playoff to make the playoff I mean so it's like wow. it's totally yeah.
2: Absurd. yeah yeah it is all right so um your second pick overall you took Marquez Stevenson from Houston the Eric King is the first pick overall in our draft so I'm guessing that Stevenson will be the beneficiary of that. Uh, Mitch, was there a lot of thought process going into that, or is it just simply you know as, as good as Houston's offense is supposed to be taking advantage of that?
0: You know, just wanted to go wide receiver there um, if I could, and that was kind of my whole thing rather than going running back, running back, I wanted a really good wide receiver. He's one of you know, he's like a top 10 receiver on the board in that neighborhood. and that's exactly what it is. Hulgerson goes there from West Virginia before King got injured last year, he had 50 touchdowns. So he's supposed to be back and healthy again this year, and he'll run around like crazy, but he's also going to throw it for a lot of touchdowns as well, and they're going to score a lot of points that I would expect that the receiver I took there, Stevenson, is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of those passes and a lot of those touchdowns.
2: John, what do you think about the first two picks there, Etienne and Stevenson back-to-back there? Uh, no question, Etienne's is an easy 1-3 easy pick. What do you make about uh, Stevenson there? What kind of year can he have?
4: Oh, I like Stevenson a lot. I mean... If you love the group of five like I do, the American Athletic Conference is clearly defensively challenged, and you're talking about the best college fancy quarterback in the nation. Stevenson is a home run hitter, and in a best ball format, there's going to be at least two games this year when he gets over 30 points at the wide receiver position because he'll just blow it out of the water with like seven catches for 150 and two touchdowns. So I love him in the second round.
2: All right, uh, uh, Mitch, going back to your team here a little bit, of course I've heard of K.J. Hill on Ohio State, uh, and, and and beyond that, there's a couple of other guys who I had heard of, but you ended up taking, it looks like, uh, three quarterbacks relatively early here. Was that part of any kind of strategy? Is Any concern that your first quarterback wasn't good, or is it just you recognized who you wanted on your team?
0: Well, I kind of missed out on uh, a lot of the big boys, you know, to go early. Obviously, King went first overall, two would take up. Iola was not there either, so... I would say quarterbacks of that elk I missed out on, but I think Mm -hmm. Nathan Rourke at Ohio is going to put up a ton of numbers. And also, I mean, you can't go wrong in my opinion. I know that Kingsbury is no longer at Texas Tech, but Alan Bowman for uh, the Red Raiders playing in an offense like that, that's going to produce a lot of yards and a lot of points. I know Mm -hmm. I got him, I think it was in the 10th round overall, and the Spencer Sanders kid for Oklahoma State is uh, like every single cheat sheet Mod draft, whatever I looked at for college football, like he was going ultra high, and he's anticipated to score, you know, a ton of points. So that's the reason why I grabbed him there as well.
2: Okay, John, what what, what is your feeling on going like quarterback wide receiver from the same team? He ended up getting Bowman at Texas Tech and also Vasher there. Do you think that that's a, a viable strategy in this format?
4: Absolutely, my friend, because we don't have to predict when they're going to go off. I wanted to get a wide receiver, Oklahoma. But obviously, C.D. Lamb is one of the top wide receivers. He was off the board before I even got a chance. And then the couple other ones they have, Lee Morris went to Howard Bender before I was going to get him. So I love that ability with the big quarterbacks. Like, I also took Caleb Evans of the University of Louisiana at Monroe. But I don't like any of his wide receivers unless it would be the very last player in the draft. But with any of the big ones, like Sam Ellinger, Adrian Martinez, to a tag of Ivola. I love that kind of roster construction in best ball.
2: Uh, Mitch, uh, before we uh, drop off from the, uh, the fantasy, and then I want to ask you one college football question. Was there any other player that was a player that you clicked uh, select because you recognized him and you wanted him on your team after the first few picks? Sure.
8: That would
0: be, you know, Kennedy Brooks. I got him in the seventh round, 75th overall. Some of the average draft positions and, you know, again, going at various sites, he was going to like around 110, 115, I believe. But my thought is there, again, it's going to be Oklahoma's offense. I mean, I don't care that, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts might not be um, the previous two quarterbacks they had there, but I fully trust Lincoln Riley at this point. How can you not? So I think it's going to be up and down the field. They're going to average 45-plus again this year. He's going to score a ton of touchdowns. And then the kid behind him that I took as well was Puka Williams. Well, I actually grabbed him in the 13th round. So he's suspended for one game. He came on like gangbusters this year or last year. Les Miles, the new coach there, I think he's uh, very talented. And uh, he was one. Zamir White at running back, you know, again, look, I mean, he's going to be behind some guys there, including uh, the stud that he has in front of him. But he was, I think, like, the 2018 freshman of the year at running back. If he's healthy, he's going to get his carries. And beyond that, I think, well, Kashawn Vaughn, the running back, I recognize him because I know that he's on top of some uh, NFL draft boards.
2: Yeah, and and I would say this, uh, look, when it comes to Kansas this season, a lot of people are bullish on their win total going over simply because Les Miles is there. So we're really going to find out maybe in, in history of college football, for a coach that takes a dive so far down from LSU to Kansas to see what, what that will do for that uh, that team. I have no idea. Um, okay, so uh, as we wrap it up here, Mitch, in terms of college football, I know we're going to get started a week from Saturday. Uh, I, I find it a little strange that there's only two games. It's Florida taking on Miami, and I believe uh, Nevada plays, if I'm not mistaken, Hawaii, and then we get the full schedule the week after that. I thought we used to get like three or four games on the opening weekend of college football, week zero. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they recently did uh, the three or four games. Um, you know, they play like an international game sometimes. And the two games that we have, Florida-Miami. So I would think that, you know, the Gators are favored by seven in that game. And now we had the news yesterday that somehow Tate Martell did not win that quarterback job. They're going to go to yeah. freshman instead. So that was pretty wild because Tate Martell, I live in Las Vegas. He's a local kid here, and he was really good at Bishop Corman High School. The late game is actually Arizona at Hawaii. So we're going to see Kevin Sumlin. And, uh, you know, if they're going to go back to the offense they had in 2017 when Khalil Tate was a monster and he was just running around like crazy and doing whatever he wanted, that's how he thrives, they should go back to that style. But I think Hawaii, I think Hawaii can actually be pretty good, and I know some people are making the case that if you can find them at 30 or 40, the one in the Mountain West, a lot of guys back, I think it's 18 starters, Cole McDonald came out and admitted that he was hurt last year right away in the season, played all the way through it, put up huge numbers, and Rolovich is a great coach, so... I actually love that late-night Hawaii game. It's always been known as the get-out game here for people that have lost money during the day so they can go pound that game and try to get it back. But
8: uh, <laughs> I
0: think that's going to be well, – the total is 69.5 or 70, so I think it's going to be pretty explosive.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it, have you decided of, of a pick outside of Alabama or Clemson uh, with a, with some potential to win it all? I'm, I'm seeing some Utah being out there as a possibility. And Ohio State, again, with this cake schedule, all they got to do is beat Michigan – and they got a good shot again. Is there any like sleeper team out there for you, Mitch?
0: I'm not going to be well. No, no I wish. You know that's the bad thing about college football, right? I love it from a weekly basis standpoint, but in terms of looking at it from a future standpoint, um, it's very difficult to make a case. For, it's not like college basketball. Texas Tech at one point last year was 200 to one to win the title. They went to overtime with Virginia in the national title game. That doesn't happen in college football. So right. I go I go pretty chalky when it comes to the playoff teams, unfortunately, because I don't like doing that. But I think it's going to be, you know, Bama and Clemson, and then take your pick, Georgia, Oklahoma. Uh, is this Michigan's year? I mean, I, I need a seat to believe it with Jim Harbaugh first. And other than that, I just, I'm sorry I can't go any team out of the Pac-12. I think Notre Dame comes back. I don't fully believe in Texas yet, so I'm going to go pretty chalky this
1: year
2: yeah I, I feel like that's I feel like it's uh, it's uh, two SEC teams always is a possibility. You're lucky if you get any team outside of one big ten team because it's just always brutal and it's and it's uh-huh. one team getting there. And uh, and Clemson's going to be – I don't know if Clemson's going to be one, two, three, or 4, but they're going to be in the 4. I mean, even if they lose one game, they're going to win the rest. So, all right, well, Mitch, uh, good luck with your fantasy team this year and college football. We'll, we'll have you back on and monitor how things are going. And the best thing of all is that you just set your team right now and then you forget it for the entire season. It's awesome. <laughs> so thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yep.
0: Thanks, Craig. Appreciate
2: it. All right, Mitch Moss with us. Uh, What what do you think, John, about Mitch's team? Take a look at it real quick. Uh, How do you think it it stacks up against some of the others?
4: So it's interesting. He took two quarterbacks out of the Big 12, and that's always a good situation. Now, you mentioned Alan Bowman before, who I expect to have a good season with Texas Tech. He's a redshirt um, sophomore. But he took Spencer Sanders out of Oklahoma State. Now, that's a home run wing there right now he's in a battle with Drew Brown the transfer for Hawaii to get the job but if Spencer Sanders ends up as a starter for the Cowboys in Mike Gundy's offensive system Sanders could be a huge huge player I mean we know that Oklahoma State's going to score a ton of points so I like the fact that he took two quarterbacks out of that conference And the other one is a very good one, the best quarterbacks in college football, Nathan Rourke of Ohio. So I think he's got really good potential with those quarterbacks.
2: Well, some good stuff from you, John, here in uh, hour number one. Uh, We we got another hour to go here, an hour of drafting and an hour of bringing on our participants who is involved. We'll bring in uh, Jeremy Taché in hour number two. Our producer here, Sean Guastamacchi, has put together a nice squad. We'll get his thoughts as well. We'll see also if we can get J.P. Aaron C.B. on the line, too, to talk about his team. And then at the top of the hour, we're going to send it over to our friends' full-time fantasy, Adam Ronis and uh, Dr. Roto. But, uh, John, as we close out hour number one, what do you, what is your uh, your thoughts on on doing this draft today, man? It feels like a really good first hour. Oh, I think it's been a great first hour, and I kind of
4: made a mistake. I need to do some roster uh, maintenance here at the end. I got five picks left and I need to get some tight ends and kickers. But I do like the depth of my team, but I might have waited a little bit too long to get a stud at those positions.
2: All right, that'll do it for for this part of the draft. Stay tuned. We'll have a little best of coming up here for a couple of minutes. When we come back, we'll get into the final five rounds of the draft and see who ended up doing what. I want John's thoughts on my team as well, and we'll kind of see if he liked some of them, some of the players, if he didn't like some of them. And I'll have my thoughts on some of my favorite players in the draft You're also. You're listening to FNTSY. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Please give us a rating. Please subscribe to the show so it gets populated and sent to you every single day. That lets us know you like what we are doing. Plenty more fantasy sports today as our draft continues. It's the 2019 college football fantasy football draft here on fantasy sports today. We'll be right back.
1: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
4: What's your
6: IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321.
1: freestyle
6: as it relates to Dak so the first thing position yep quarterbacks gotta pay them yep but the second part for me is the interesting one I've seen Aaron Rodgers Pat Mahomes Tom Brady what they do is elevate the play of others win games on their own and I believe that Dak is not in that category I believe Dak is a competent serviceable average quarterback and that has value. That value is just not $30, 40000000 million.
1: Watch live Mondays and Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the FNJSY YouTube channel. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Howard Bender, of course, of Fantasy Alarm. Howard, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing real well, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me
8: that first pick and that oh-so-tasty decision right from the start. Of do I take this no-brainer first pick uh, with the rebuilt knee?
2: <laughs> well, well, let, let's cut, let's kind of you know start off there. And and Howard, aside from players in general. I think that what you tried to do here, for the most part, and for what I'm looking at, is take players on good teams. I mean, you got Oklahoma, arguably their best or second best receiver. You got basically Clemson's quarterback, Oregon's running back, Utah's running back. And then, of course, King is like the number one player overall in virtually every fantasy college draft. So I'm guessing that at the very least, when you look at teams that you recognize, it makes it easier to make the players and make those picks
8: it's definitely easier when you you know when you know the conferences and you know which teams are the powerhouses and you know which teams are just going to sit there and just Chuck the ball around the field uh, versus who's going to be the ones that are just going to ground and pound it. It does make it a little bit easier just to kind of dive into it. I mean, the, the player pool is so deep and it's so vast here that, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to stick with who you know most. And, and that's just, that's the big programs.
2: Yeah, that, that uh, sound in the background, uh, we may want to tell John to turn that down a little bit there. No, sorry. The, 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 <laughs> in the background is kind of a dead giveaway. Okay, so. Uh, you, t- you took De'Eric de- King uh, on Houston, and-, and to make you feel even better about this, Howard, both of his receivers went in the first six rounds, so obviously that looks like a pretty good pick. Uh, and then you take Zach Moss from Utah with your second pick overall. When you and I do these live streams, we certainly look at players on good teams and running backs on good teams, and I'm- I could make the case that Moss could end up being the number one running back in all of college football, so I'm guessing that uh, you-, you-, you at least could watch your first two guys on TV if you choose. Well, that was also, that was a thing, you know, you and I do the, uh, the, the
8: wager alarm live streams and we talk a lot of college and, and we go through it on a regular basis here, as far as, you know, I, we, we talk about the teams, we, you know, we did all our, uh, our, our wins totals and our over unders and we did some Heisman trophy previews for some futures. And with all of that, then you know, you just, you kind of take from those names, uh, you know, really where you want to go Zach Moss out of Utah. Um, Probably wouldn't have been huge on my radar had it not been for, you know, our conversation and us diving into, you know, the betting aspect of college ball this year. So,
2: you know, for that, I'm grateful. And I do think it makes me a little bit better of a, of a drafter in that sense.